Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside of me, my partner on the airways. It's Sarah Jones, as always. How are you, Sarah? Hey, Nino. Hey, everyone. I am doing well. I'm doing well today. Awesome. And where are you joining us from and what kind of shenanigans are you up to? Oh, boy. Um, we are still in South Dakota. Um, the Sturgis Rally has not yet begun, but the place that we're at is starting to fill up. And I don't know if I could say this or not, but I've seen more naked people here already <laughs> than I've oh, ever boy. seen in my entire life. <laughs> Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize that that was a part of the whole Sturges experience. Uh, well, you have to have special permits to allow that to happen, and there's only one place that still allows that to happen, and they they actually have to have special permits. <laughs> the things okay. I'm learning. <laughs> wow! All right. I mean, what did we get ourselves into, Nino? Like, I, what? What the heck? I know, right? Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> the, the the level of planning that it must take to get permits in place to, to make these things happen that's it's a, it's a little um, eye opening. It is. It's it's actually zoning. Um, so similar to what like a nudist colony. You know, there are still nudist colonies out there, and they actually have to be zoned differently to be able to be um, call themselves a nudist. You know, colony. So. This is actually very similar. There's just different regulations and, and different permits and zoning that have to take place to um, make that possible. So while, you know, I am firsthand experiencing that here throughout the United States, I can't speak to anywhere else in the world, but there are zoning, you know, and permits. That's that's how um, there are like nude beaches in California. You know, there there are those things that that do exist, but they have to have special zoning and permits to allow that to happen. So um, the things I'm learning, I mean, this is, I, I'm a wealth of knowledge around this now. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to serve uh, me in the future, but. <laughs> yep. Yep. So the, the expression I like for that is a wealth of useless knowledge. <laughs> right. Right. But it's right. fun nonetheless, right? I mean, we can sit here and laugh about it and, an experience is what we were looking for, and an experience is definitely what we are getting. All right. <laughs> well, enjoy it. Soak it all up. And, um, I mean, you know, it's going to be – it's certainly going to be that. It's going to be an experience that lives with you for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So, uh, all right. For sure. Well, let's, um, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today, and that is uh, – a little bit of a different format, a, a fun format, I think. Uh, Sarah and I are going to react to um, like articles, posts, that sort of thing. Um, we're we're going to mix in this format every once in a while where uh, we find an interesting article or headline that grabbed us or some social media post that got our attention. And then we're just going to kind of react to it, uh, give you kind of the the meat and potatoes of what it's talking about. And then, you know, come at it from a financial coach's perspective. You know, do we agree? Do we disagree? How, how does that serve somebody? Well, how might it you know, trip somebody up? That sort of thing. 
Uh, but before we jump into all that, don't miss out on all the valuable financial insights that Sarah and I offer. Subscribe to the new Money Habits podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips, host expert guests, have thought-provoking discussions, and react to uh, headlines and whatnot on all things money-related. Hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. All right, so you had sent me over, Sarah, something that caught your attention Mm -hmm. recently. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about this, this Are You Rich social media post that you saw and we'll jump into what we think about it. Awesome. Yeah. So scrolling the old, uh, IG, you know, the old Instagram app and, um, came across somebody and I'd like to, um, you know, give him credit because he is the one that put this information together. And so I did get this information from Jeremy at personal finance club. Um, and his, his post was titled, you know, are you rich American net worth by top percentiles? And so he did this whole post on, um, the net worth of Americans. And I just thought that it was really interesting, Nino, all of the figures. And I'm sure, I'm sure most of us kind of know this, that, that, the most of the wealth around the United States is owned by very few people. You know, there are very few mega rich individuals. We know a lot of them by name, right? But the majority of the wealth is, is held by, um, you know, those people. And then the rest of us kind of fall underneath, um, all those mega rich ones. But he put together this graph that showed the net worth, um, of Americans. And it just, it struck me and I don't have even a word to describe it. Words that came to mind were sad, um, were maybe frustrating, were eye opening. Um, because in Jeremy's graph, he shows that, that 50% of Americans have a net worth of under $121,000. And 75% of Americans have a net worth of under $12,430. And that was, I'm thinking like all these things go through my head. Number one is, gosh, we need to have more conversations about this. Mm -hmm. And I think part of this might be because people don't understand what net worth is. And I know we've done a couple of episodes, but um, I guess I'm curious too, on your reaction, you know, I've shared some of the emotions that have come up when, when I read these numbers, I'm definitely curious what, what you thought. Yeah. So I want those numbers to sink in for our listeners for just a second. 75% of Americans, three out of every four people have a net worth less than 12,430 bucks. Now, when I saw that, I was astounded. I was like, wait a minute. Then I started to think about it. And I think it goes back to let's define net worth. Does everybody know what net worth is? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's pretty simple. You take what you own assets, you subtract out what you owe debts and liabilities, and you have your net worth. And we did an episode recently on net worth and how important it is and and how to improve your net worth. And I think this number plus 
recalling that episode helped me to remember that, <clears throat> excuse me, here I am, I'm in my early 40s, and I have only recently, within like the last five years, gotten to a positive net worth. And so I think it's possible that a lot of Americans have such little net worth or even a negative net worth because of a lot of different factors. Things like if you are in your mid, mid to late 20s and maybe you just graduated college, well, maybe you have student loan debt and so you have this big liability and you don't really own much of anything yet. Or maybe you even bought a house, but you bought a house with a mortgage and so the, you still owe a, almost the same as what the house is valued at. And so you have these two liabilities and this one asset. And when you take what you own and you subtract out what you owe, you come up with a really small or a negative number. And so that's just a, a quick, you know, watered down um, illustration of how mm -hmm. I think we've gotten or, or part of how we've gotten to this number. Mm -hmm. But I think it still is a it's a good starting place to have a conversation for. So then what? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, you know, in his article, Jeremy does recognize, you know, age plays a, a role in this, you know, typically, as you get older, you know, your net worth does grow. And, and, you know, and he didn't list how he, you know, what age ranges he, you know, used to um, come up with these figures. But I think that it's still some good information for us to be aware of. And I don't know, Nina, what James and I's net worth was or what my net worth was, you know, uh, up until a couple of years ago, because I didn't know what net worth was. Mm. Like, I really didn't know. And so it wasn't something that I was looking at. It wasn't something that I was tracking. At that time, I was more focused on, you know, what's our income? How much debt do we have? You know, those kinds of things. So I didn't, I didn't have the information, the the knowledge, right? The education to to track our net worth, um, but I do now, and that's why I think it's important to talk with people about it and share some of these numbers because, as we go along, um, you know, if you'd like to retire, if you would like to, I believe, live comfortably, you know, your net worth definitely plays a part in those factors. You know, I think. Um, I believe that you're able to live a little bit more comfortably if your net worth is a little bit higher, which means, you know, you, you have more assets than you do liabilities that, that just brings in a little higher comfort level. You know, it might give you some more options. Um, you know, and certainly when we're talking about retirement age, um, you know, the more net worth you have, the more likely you are able to retire and to, to live the retirement that you dream of. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, um, I think it's just good, good information to have and good information to, to share with the world. Um, but like you, I think we just need to have more conversations around this, right? And really educate and, and to share, you know, how do we come up with our net worth? And really, why is this important? What does it mean? Um, you know, and, and here's something that I just want to throw out there. Um, Maybe it doesn't mean anything at all, honestly. But, you know, we talk about some of the, the really wealthy people, and I'm not going to name them by names. You guys all know who they are. But, you know, you could name probably one or two people in particular, right, that are like the richest in the world or as we know them. And, you know, you always hear like, oh, they're worth 
$8 billion or their worth. Well, that's their net worth. That's not how much money they're making every year, right? That is their, that is their net worth. And so when you look at yourself, um, I, I would love to people or love for people to, to know their net worth. Like, where am I at? Because they think it gives it a bigger high level picture. You know, it's not just your income. It's not just how much debt you have. It's not just, it's like, it's kind of that, that thermometer of your financial situation, right? Like you don't want to be too cold. You don't want to be, you know, way down. You don't want to, maybe you don't want to be up here. I don't know. Maybe people do. That's not me. You know, I don't want to be all the way at Mm -hmm. the top because to me, that would be a lot of problems and a lot of headaches, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to be kind of maybe someplace in the middle. Right. And to do that, I need to track my net worth. Yeah. I think two, two points I want to make one, let's not conflate net worth with self-worth. Right. Yes. So this is not about like, oh, you have to have the greatest net worth because that's the only way, like that's the only measurement of success or anything like that. And that's, and I know, Sarah, that that's not what you were saying. I just mm-hmm. wanted to also call out, like, none of us are saying that. Mm-hmm. I like your analogy of it's a thermometer. It just kind of takes the temperature of where you're at. And one of the things I want to kind of highlight or point out is, how can you go from having a negative net worth to a positive mm-hmm. one? And the numbers you shared, you said 75% of Americans under 12,430, but 50% are still at like only $121,000 in a net worth. And, and, and again, if we go back to its assets minus liabilities, how did, how does anybody go from negative net worth to positive? And I think there's, there's two key things. There are many factors, but I think there's two key factors at play. One, when you get serious about eliminating debt and those liabilities, and you drive that number down, that is a significant contributor to this idea. You know, there's with debt, there's essentially three ways to go. You're either going further into debt, you're getting yourself out of debt, or you're just kind of like maintaining, Mm -hmm. right? And so once you kind of get your mind around like, no, you know what? I don't really want to acquire more debt. I want to eliminate it. You're already headed in the right direction. The other is when you stop buying liabilities and you start buying assets. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest reasons why my net worth changed a couple years ago is I got really serious about my retirement accounts and my Mm -hmm. investment accounts. And I stopped just spending money on whatever, acquiring different liabilities or, you know, they're assets that probably go down in value. I mean, when you buy a car, it's a liability, but it's also an asset, but it's an asset that's actually depreciating in value. So yeah, you have this thing that you could sell. I I don't want to get into all all that, but instead of buying things like that, it was contributing to the 401k, the IRA, the brokerage account and buying assets, things that are going to appreciate mm-hmm. in value. Um, haven't done it yet, but you know, if I bought an investment property, you know, buying an investment property versus um, some other type of liability. And so while there are more than those two factors, those two factors play a huge role in mm-hmm. what your net worth looks like today and what it will look like in the near future. If you can drive down the debt and you can um, purchase assets, 
these two things are going to go a long way towards if you're in a negative net worth, flipping you to a positive and then steadily growing that positive net worth over time. Yeah. And I, I could see this easily going into another conversation, which I want to, I want to be mindful to not, but you know, when you're saying that, Nino, I think it, it doesn't mean that you quit spending. It's, it's how you change where your money is going, right? It, it really is mm -hmm. a, a change in the mindset of where you're sending your dollars because you can be spending and I'll use quotes around that, right. On things that you're putting maybe on a credit card that are impulse purchases or something that you haven't planned for, or, you know, are, are um, maybe not something that really um, holds high value to you, or you could be spending those same dollars and buying assets, right? So the same amount is going, but your, your um, ROI, right, is, is greatly increased because you're putting it that those dollars into assets, right? Into something that's going to make you money versus something that's costing you money. And, and it's not like, Oh, how can I do that? It's, it's just a shift in the mindset of where do you really want your dollars to be working, right? How do you want them to impact your life? And, um, you know, James and I, same thing, you know, even when, you know, budgets change, our, our priority is, retirement or, you know, investment accounts. We want to make sure that our money goes to those things first. Um, you know, they hold high value for us. And so we are um, constantly contributing to those brokerage accounts, you know, and those retirement accounts, because they're important for us, knowing that we are continually building our net worth and they, that then will give us options going forward. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're not spending money on something that doesn't give us options, right? It causes stress. We're putting our money someplace where it gives us options going forward. So, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think the numbers are just eye opening, and, and I think it just, it reminds me again of why we share this information, why we do this podcast, you know, it's about education, um, you know, bringing in financial literacy and sharing this information. So hopefully, if you don't know, like I didn't know what net worth was or how it affected you, you know, even a couple years ago, or you, you're in that spot right now, now is your opportunity to learn a little bit more. And if nothing else, that's, that's what I love about sharing this and reacting to this headline is just bringing the information to light and putting it out there in the world to open up more conversation um, surrounding this topic. Yeah. You know, in the, um, in the post that uh, we're talking about, you know, are you rich by, uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I forgot the guy's name. I want to give him credit. Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy, mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy talks about um, when you talk to people with um, a healthy and, and large uh, net worth and you ask them how they did it, you know, they, mm -hmm. they talk about some of these things that we were just mentioning about assets and whatnot. But uh, specifically, he said, uh, when you, you're talking to them, there's, there are certain themes that bubble up. One, they're, they're often frugal. They're, they're mm -hmm. people who are not going to spend just to spend. And, and when they're going to spend, they're, they're spending uh, with, with intentionality. There's, there's thought and there's research and, and that sort of stuff that goes into that. He also talked about um, a common theme is things like stock, mar stock market investing. We just talked about that being in 
whether it's in your retirement or just a brokerage account, but being in the stock market, real estate investing, and even starting a business, right? And so mm -hmm. um, I think that also contributed to my own net worth over the last handful of years is uh, owning and operating two small businesses. But what you rarely ever hear wealthy people talk about is they became wealthy because they were day traders or they got into cryptocurrency <laughs> or they won the lotto or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they bought a whole life life insurance policy or, uh, you know, they, they chased after those credit card uh, points, reward points. Mm -hmm. Those are not necessarily the vehicles that, um, that make anybody wealthy. Uh, so it's, it's a, like you said, it's about a mindset shift, right? And, and mm -hmm. kind of focusing on the things that um, really do align with wealth building versus the things that some people perpetuate like, oh, well, if you do this and this and this, you're going to, you're going to get ahead. And uh, for, for instance, just for a solid example, you, you hear about like the credit card reward points. It's great if you can use the credit card to your advantage to stock up on points and travel on those points and, and kind of hustle and do that and pay it off every month. I have no problem with that. But to pretend as if somehow this actually contributed to your wealth <laughs> is nonsensical. It's great mm -hmm. that you can hustle and do that, pay for things that you were going to otherwise pay cash to earn rewards and then go travel. That's awesome, but it did not contribute to your net worth. And imagine if you put that same energy to actually contributing to your net worth, you know, to actually, could you imagine if you actually put that same energy into something that for the long haul, you know, and I think when you, when you shared those two examples, you know, of the commonalities between, you know, how did these people earn, you know, their wealth and the things that they didn't do, the things that I see there are longevity you know they're in it the the things that they are doing are for the long haul and the things that they're not doing are they get rich quick i'm going to make a lot of money in a short amount of time right and i just go back to where do i want my energy to be going i want my energy to be going to the things that are going to serve me well for a long period of time right like i i it's like um you know if I believe in living for today and planning for tomorrow. I know that those things can happen all at the same time, but my actions are such that both of those do happen. It's not just for today. I'm not just seeking out those credit card rewards points, right? Do I have mm -hmm. some? Yes. But what am I doing? I am also contributing to all of our investment accounts every month, right? I'm also being very mindful of where we're spending. And I think that's where that mindset shift, mindset shift, really needs to happen and, and where it benefited us, you know, went from, you know, oh, I want this today and I'll pay for it tomorrow versus, mm -hmm. hey, I want this tomorrow. So I'm going to start planning for it today. Whoa. <laughs> I want something and I'm going to save up for it. What? Awesome. I think it is all about just shifting the way you think about certain things. Um, mm -hmm. you, we've said it before on, on the show. Um, at the end of the day, very few people get taught how to manage their money. 
high schools aren't doing it, colleges aren't doing it, and for many of us, our parents don't do it. And so we're kind of like learning on the fly, and we pick up a lot of things from what we see around us. And so uh, a lot of times it's not our fault that we got stinking thinking and that mm-hmm. we think about money in, in ways that we shouldn't. It, it's when you are immersed in a culture that is all about buy now, pay later, consume as much as you can. You know, if you want it, you can have it, you deserve it, you earned it. When you constantly hear that, you, you bound to participate in that. And then, um, you know, then you start listening to the New Money Habits podcast and you start to think, wait a minute, I can think about money differently. I don't have to just go with these cultural norms and uh, and you get to gain control of it. And if you're interested in gaining control of your finances and taking your financial growth to the next level, it's time that you schedule a free discovery call with Sarah or myself. Do it today. During your personalized session, we'll discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Right? That's... Let, let's cha- let's make that our slogan, right? Like, let's do it. it yes. Nobody else has that one. <laughs> right. Not to be confused with Nike's just do it. Right. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Great conversation as mm-hmm. always. Uh, and I we'll, we'll have some more reacts for you in some upcoming episodes. Awesome. I can't wait. All right. We will continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.